All right. Thanks, Wesley. Thank you, everybody. Hello to all of our EB family, and for those of you who might be here with us for the first time, for those of you who might be watching, joining us online today or listening later on during the week uh, via any podcast that you might be uh, pulling up, we're just thankful to have you being a part of what is taking place today, and hopefully that you'll be encouraged by the time that uh, you are here, the time that you are listening and participating, and man, we're just glad that you are here. I saw someone came in this morning and said, hey, I had to get here because I heard, we're, heard Jesus is missing. Uh, <laughs> I was like, we, we got to find Jesus, y'all. I mean, come on. Uh, we are in a new series called Missing Jesus. Uh, Jesus is not missing necessarily, though he could be missing in some way perhaps <laughs> from your life. And I'm glad, if you came hoping to find Jesus, I'm glad that you were here. Man, I am glad, I'm glad that you were here to, to be a part. You know, I, I said last week that we sometimes approach the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and we approach those stories that are there as if, as if each one was some type of cadaver that we had to do some type of post-mortem on. And, and we go through and we, we dissect the teachings of Jesus in hopes of finding some, some special interpretation of a specific phrase. And, and, and then we, we put all these stories under a microscope and we examine them. And where we're hoping that there's something, something there, some kind of hidden meaning. And, and in the process, we've learned a lot about Jesus through the years. And we have people here who know a lot about Jesus but I'm afraid that in the process we have, I'm afraid that we have missed Jesus as well. I'm afraid we've missed his passion. And Stephen's going to talk a little bit about that next week. He's going to talk about missing the joy of Jesus. And I'm afraid that, that we've missed, afraid we missed his personality. We've missed understanding what makes Jesus laugh and, and what makes Jesus cry. We know about his miracles, but do we know about his motives? Well, we know the things that Jesus taught, but how about what Jesus thought? We've learned the parables, but have we missed the person? We know his teachings, we know his history, but do we know Jesus? And it's an important question. Because we read through scripture and we come to Hebrews chapter 1 and it says, we know what, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. You know, since creation, God has continually revealed himself to humanity. But it is only in Jesus the entire fullness, we are told, the entire fullness of God's nature dwells. Through Jesus, God is saying, look, this is who I am. And I appreciate my friend Garrett Mitchell reminding me this week that, that Jesus is the embodiment of God who has displayed his character throughout the whole of Scripture. Jesus is where the character of God is displayed throughout the entirety of Scripture becomes flesh and, and dwells among us. Jesus is God's communication device. He's heaven's YouTube channel. It's in the Gospels when you go there and you listen to Jesus that you realize, well, I'm listening to God. When you watch Jesus, you understand that you are observing God. But you go and you read the Gospels, and if you don't know the personality of Jesus, well, it's been described as watching television without having any kind of volume turned on. The effect is a dry and, and two-dimensional person that just says and does some strange things that are sometimes confusing and we really don't understand it all. Understand your personality is what makes you you and it's what makes you different than the pe people that are sitting all around you. You're not someone else because of your personality. 
You have your own voice and you have your own quirks and your own likes and dislikes. Without your personality, you're just a bland resume. You're just a dating profile. But don't tell me about grades and don't tell me about hobbies and your, your long walks on the beach. Tell me really what you are like. In the same way, don't just tell me what Jesus did. Tell me what Jesus is. Because if we miss his personality, then we miss Jesus. And like I said, I, I know there are, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of you here and you, a lot of you who are listening online that, that know a lot about Jesus. But I just want you to think for a minute. Could there be some specific aspects of our Savior that you've just missed through the years? Could there be some, some attributes of Jesus missing from our lives that are missing from our church, missing from our homes? Maybe some attributes of Jesus that are missing from our, from our witness and missing from our political and social conversations. And these things are missing, but if they were present, could perhaps they make all the difference? So last week, we were reminded that Jesus is kind. And I asked that you show the kindness of Jesus to at least three people, right? I said, let's show kindness to ourselves because sometimes we're the ones that need that kindness the most. And I said, then just go pick out somebody random and, and figure out what is it that they need right there in the moment and then you be kind and, and you do something for that individual. I also ask that you go and you find, you find someone that um, is not always pleasant and doesn't always like you and you do something nice, you know, for them. Sheila Kiesler told me that she took her husband Jeff out, you know, for lunch that day after the message. And it was like, she's like, I'm going to put this into practice. And I don't know what you did. I don't know what you did to be able to, to try to show kindness. But I hope that you realize it's not just a, I hope you realize it's not just a one-off event. There are too many people in our world, too many people in our lives that are just missing out on Jesus. And so I want you to keep praying for those opportunities, and I, I want you to keep sharing the kindness of Jesus. And then while we're at it, I want us to focus in today on another attribute that I think is too often missing. I want you to open up your Bibles, find the Gospels. The first one is Matthew. I want you to go ahead and open up there and then find the third chapter. And what we're going to do today, I want us to look at two different events in the life of Jesus. One that took place at the very beginning of his ministry, and then one that took place at the very end. And these two stories kind of serve as bookends for the life and for the ministry, for the teachings, for everything that took place with Jesus. And what I want us to do is look at each story, and I think it's perhaps the most remarkable attribute, and it's the most unexpected thing about Jesus' personality. And I think it's going to jump off the page for us. So Matthew chapter 3 says, In those days John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God, because the kingdom of heaven is near. And people from Jerusalem and from all over Judea, from all over the Jordan Valley, went out to see and hear John. And when they had confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Well, then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it, it should be done, for we must fulfill all righteousness. So John agreed to baptize him. Picture it in your mind. The whole region is flooding to the Jordan to be baptized by John. And Jesus walks along the muddy banks with the rest of the crowd. And he goes and he takes his place in line and, and he waits. 
And nobody really gives it a second thought. I mean, they don't know he's Jesus. He's just Jesus. He's just that guy that's standing here behind me in line. He's just that, 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 that other dude that came out to see this, this wild preacher man that's standing out here in the water. And he's just a carpenter's son. He's Mary's boy. He's the brother of James and Joseph and, and Simon and Judas. He's just another Jew in another robe and another pair of sandals that's just waiting his turn. And then John looks up from the several hundredth baptizee, and there is Jesus walking down into the water. It is to say that John is shocked is an understatement. And, and he says, look, we can't do this. This is not how it's supposed to work. I, look, if anybody's going to get baptized today, it, it, it's going to be me. It's not going to be you. But John says, look, or Jesus says, look, it's all right. It's okay. This is the right thing for us to do. And so John, the washing man, dunks Jesus just like all the others. Then it says in verse 16 that after his baptism, Jesus comes up out of the water. The heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Now imagine if you had been standing in line that day with Jesus. Imagine if you had watched all of this take place. You go home and you begin to tell all your friends and family, you are never going to believe what happened today down at the Jordan. I mean, you're going to become, you're, you're going to become that friend. You know, that name-dropping friend? We, we all have that, that person in our life, the, the one that says, hey, you know I was baptized the same day Jesus was, right? I stood beside him. He smelled like wood chips. I was there. Told you guys, you should have gone. Told you. Should have gone, should have been with me. We all know that guy, right? I mean, we know that guy, we know that gal. But guess what? That would have been you and that would have been me if we would have been at the Jordan that day. We would tell everybody, look, I was there and I would have taken a selfie, but all of a sudden he just had to, look like he was in a hurry. Look like he was in a hurry and he just had to go and I didn't want to bother him. And guys, understand, this is what I think is most remarkable about the story. In the past, we have dissected Jesus' baptism. And we have asked how, and we have asked why, and, and we've debated modes, and we have debated meaning. And in the process, we have missed the fact that Jesus simply came and went. He just came and went. There was no press conference. There was no sermon. Jesus did not begin his ministry with a, a, a grand declaration or triumphant parade. There was no chariot. There were no cheerleaders. He began his journey to rescue humanity by... By walking alongside humanity. He walked to the river like everyone else. And like everyone else, he walked away wet. As humbly as he arrived, he left. And of all the attributes of Jesus, perhaps this is the one that we just miss the most. Now I guess we could be forgiven for missing this one. I mean, this is not necessarily something that we often attach with Jesus, especially because centuries earlier, Daniel get, was given a glimpse into the future and he describes someone who was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that the people of every race and nation and language would obey him. Daniel saw someone whose rule was eternal, whose rule would never end, and whose kingdom would never be destroyed. And as the heavens opened up that day over the Jordan, well, there was this declaration. 
Jesus of Nazareth was declared to be king of the world. It was his coronation moment. But most of the people missed it. Most of the people had no idea it took place. No king has ever taken such a humble path. His first step on the journey to the cross was a humble step down from heaven. And so that brings us to Philippians chapter 2 that we, that we looked at earlier in our worship time today. It's one of the earliest hymns of the Christian faith. And listen again to what it tells us about Jesus. It said he, he was in the very nature of God, but did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. The lack of pride and selfishness is beyond words. You know, it's almost, you feel like we should remove our shoes because this is holy ground as we read this passage. The humility of Jesus is something that we acknowledge, but we just don't really comprehend. He gave up his right to demand his way. He gave up his righteousness in order to become our sin. He gave up his relationship with the Father in order to have a relationship with us. And I suppose that's at the core of, of humility. Humility is giving away. It's giving away the spotlight. It's giving away the opportunity to have the last word. Giving away the need to be right. Giving away the desire to be in control. And scripture says that, that this humility, that this giving away is to be the cornerstone of our relationships. Have this same mindset, it says there in Philippians. Have this same attitude that was a part of Christ Jesus. But how do you know if you're becoming more humble? I mean, doesn't having a humble meteor stuck to your refrigerator seem to miss the point? I mean, you walk in and it's like, whoo, raised myself two levels on the humble beer today. Family, gather around. Hey, 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 let, let, me, let me let you know what I did. Let me let you know. Come here. Look at, Papa's, look, look at Papa's meter right here. Hey, I am more humble today than I was yesterday. Can I get a whoop, whoop? <laughs> it's like that and humility just doesn't go together, right? I mean, humility is not something that that, that you create, it, it's not something that you force. But I believe humility is something that you choose. The Apostle Paul says in verse 7 there in Philippians chapter 2, he says that Jesus emptied himself. And in verse 8, he says that Jesus humbled himself. And the verb tense that Paul uses tells us that that emptying and that humbling was an active, intentional choice. It was Jesus' choice. Jesus chose to not use his godness for his own advantage. Jesus chose to take on the likeness of humanity. Jesus chose to be obedient to the Father and to the Spirit. He gave up his rights. He chose to give up his control. He, even though he could have lived as if the world just revolved around him, he chose instead to live for the world. But why? I mean, why did Jesus make this choice? Well, I think, it's, I think it's because Jesus believed in the value of the other. The value of the other. The value of the other person. The value of the other belief. 
the value of the other desire. And perhaps what is missing most from your life is choosing the value of the other over yourself. Now again, I want you to listen to Apostle, the Apostle Paul's words, Philippians chapter 2, this time in verse 3. He says, Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Now understand, when Paul says, I want you to consider that other people are actually better than you, he uses a verb that means to calculate or to reckon. And it's a word that implies the conscious, careful weighing of facts. To consider that others are better than yourself, that's not to say that you have no place. It's just to say that you know and understand your place. True humility is not thinking lowly of yourself, but thinking accurately of yourself and choosing to see the value of the other. So what's more important to you? That the work gets done or that you get the credit? Which one? When a classmate or coworker is honored, do, do you feel joyous or do you feel jealous? Do you have the attitude of Jesus? Do you value the other? Whose needs do you consider more? Your neighbors or yours? Do you find yourself saying I a lot more than you say we? You know, last week I gave you some I gave you some homework. I said, hey, let's work on this and let's see if we can't, let's see if we can't develop a kinder heart and a kinder spirit and, and be known for having the attitude of, of Jesus. And I, I want to ask if you'll do something also this week. I want to ask if you'd make a conscious effort to choose the value of the other more than yourself. I want to ask if you would intentionally listen to someone this week who has different views or values than you. You know, we love to be in echo chambers and, and we love to be able to uh, just to, you know, hear what we already believe. And so we read authors that go back and, and build up our own um, self-worth and we read authors that we agree with their opinions and we choose our news channels based on who's going to give us our news through, our, through the certain lens. And, and then we, we choose friends and we choose associates by, well, who is more like us? But how about we humbly, intentionally seek to be with someone this week that we know is different from us? That we know thinks differently, views life differently, has a different set of values or even morality? Or how about we be quick to applaud the success of another? How about we, we be quick this week to recognize when someone else does something that needs to be praised? And we make sure that, that it's known. You know, we love to get on Facebook and we love to talk about all the things that go on with us, right? You go to Facebook and you see all the things that, that people's families did and, and here's my child holding the trophy and, you know, here we are, here's our selfie and here's our date. Why, why don't you take a picture of somebody else that's outside of your family? And why don't you put them on social media? Why don't you praise something that they have done, something that they are doing and hold them up and lift them up? Your social media account doesn't have to be all about you. You can actually use it for the glory of others. And even better, why not use it for the glory of God? How about this week you let someone else answer the question? Right? I mean, how about let somebody else get an opportunity to, you know, to, to answer the question, to, to show that they have worked hard, to show that they've put in a little effort, to show that they are also trying. How about this week you write a thank you card to someone that's on your team? 
How about you write a thank you card to someone, send them an email, shoot them a text and say, you know what, I just want you to know that I am so glad that you are a part of this team and I appreciate the work that you do and I appreciate the way that you make us all better. How about you allow someone else to go or finish first? <laughs> Man, Man, that does not happen. You want, to see, you want to see where this truly is lived out? Middle school lunch line, right? Man, that bell rings and it's time for the middle schoolers to go to lunch. You better get out of the way. I mean, you're taking your life in your own hands. I mean, it is a sprint trying to get to the pizza line. You know, they got to get there. How about letting somebody else go first this week? How about letting somebody else win when it comes to that? How about you make sure that someone else gets the credit? Someone comes to you and wants to say, hey, man, I, I just want you to know I, I appreciate the hard work. Hey, it's, it's not just me, it's my team. Hey, you know, I appreciate you coming to me, but you really need to go to Carl because, man, Carl is doing, Carl's doing an awesome job. And, and he needs this praise a lot more, a lot more than I do. How about this week you admit that you don't know it all? <gasps> I know there's some husbands out there. The wives are, are, are right now going, you okay, honey? Are you okay? I know. I know it scared some of you to think about it. It's like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. Admit that you don't know it all. And how about, in, in, in coordination with that, how about you accept some help or coaching from another person? How about you have the humility to say, you know what, I, I'm going to give up that control and and I'm going to let somebody else teach me. I'm going to learn from somebody else. I'm going to maybe learn from Jesus this week, something that I need to be able to, you know, to have in my life. I'm going to let someone else do something for me. I love the story. I've got a, had some friends in Birmingham a few years back, and the, uh, the wife was in the hospital, and there's little kids, and uh, husband had to spend all of his time with his wife. That was back during the days when you could actually go to the hospital with somebody. Remember those days? Uh, and so husband is there with the wife, and he, he goes home one day, and he finds somebody in his home. It was another church member, okay, who knew where the key was kept. And somebody from church had come in and was washing clothes there in, in the house to try to just, just help out the family. Well, the guy whose wife is in the hospital, he goes, hey, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Man, hey, I, I appreciate you wanting to do this. So we got this covered. I mean, I mean we, we, we got this. It's all right. We'll take care of it. You don't need to do this. this. Everything's not that bad. And the guy that was washing the clothes looked at his friend and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Whoa. You know, that's not conversation you, you, you hear a lot, but that's what he said. He said, Get thee behind me, Satan. I'm trying to serve one of my brothers, and you're not letting me. Whew. Why don't you let somebody do something for you this week? There's somebody else that would like to show you kindness, and you were like, no, 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 I don't need any of that. Too full of pride to let somebody else do something for you, right? Humble yourself. Give away that control. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Humility is a choice. It's a choice. And this brings us to the last bookend. Beginning this morning, we said that Jesus walked away wet, and I want to end with Jesus being wet again. John chapter 13. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John is the last gospel. And when you get to chapter 13, you find Jesus sharing a Passover meal with his disciples. It's just hours before his arrest and crucifixion. 
And, and you have to understand that during this Passover, it was a time of celebration. There was laughter. There was reminiscing. There was singing. And this was a joyful occasion. I want you to see what took place in verse 3. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal and took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And, and don't miss Jesus here, okay? He knows that he has been given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world. He knows that people of every race and nation and language will obey him. He knows that his rule is eternal and that his kingdom will never be destroyed. And yet knowing all of this, he chooses humility. He chooses to wash the dirty feet of his disciples and the disciples are just all confused. <laughs> you you want to do what? You, you, wait a minute. Let me get this right, Jesus. You want to wash my feet. Now, Peter thinks he's got it all figured out. And so he just says, hey, if you're going to wash my feet, just give me a bath. I mean, I got you, Jesus. Hey, you want to do this? I'm going to be all in. You just, get, you, you just wash me down. But he's missing the point, and he's missing Jesus. In verse 14, Jesus says, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now, he doesn't end this object lesson the way that we expect. We kind of expect Jesus to say, hey, look, now that I've washed your feet, you need to wash mine. Because that's how things work in our life, right? You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. We say turnabout is fair play. Membership has its privileges. That's how we think and that's how we act. That's the world in which we live. Jesus is supposed to ask that now his feet get washed. I mean, I did something, now you do something in return. And I can picture Peter jumping up and reaching for a towel. There goes Bartholomew running for the next basin of water. They're going to serve someone who served them. But Jesus is humble, and he sees the value of the other. And his comments stop them in their tracks, and it, it needs to stop us too. He says, wash one another's feet. But I think proving that we too are just like the disciples, Christians have grabbed onto this metaphor and made it a sacrament, all the while missing the point and missing Jesus. Understand, this wasn't a lesson about foot washing any more than his encounter with John was a lesson about baptism. Jesus' life was a lesson in humility. Jesus' life was a lesson in giving away. Jesus' life was a lesson in the value of the other. And his life is to be your life. His life is to be my life. His life is to be the life of this church. You know, you may have been baptized. And you may occasionally serve others. But have you missed Jesus? Because you need to understand, you can follow Jesus' examples and you can still turn around and live a completely self-centered life. Don't just do what Jesus did. Be who Jesus is. Be humble. Our lives should be lessons in humility. When people talk about this church, they should talk about our kindness. They should talk about our humility. When people talk about your family, they should talk about the kindness that they see and the humility that's displayed. When they talk about the way in which you 
go about your life at work, the way in which you treat others at school, they should speak of your kindness and they should speak of your humility. Why should they do these things? Because that's what people saw when they saw Jesus. And if we're not trying to show Jesus, then why are we here? What's it about? Friends, humility is a choice. It's a choice to do the right thing, to do the righteous thing, whatever needs to be done, whenever it needs to be done, for whoever it needs to be done for, and then simply step into the crowd and walk away with wet clothes and dirty feet. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Can we pray about this together? Father, I think we've all got that humble meter on our refrigerator. And, and we, like to, we like to measure ourselves. And, and, we, and we like to think about what we have, have done today as compared to, to yesterday. And Father, we like to compare ourselves to those who are around us. And, and, and then, whether it's internally or, or whether we verbalize it, we, we like to point out all the ways in which we, we do things better than other people do them or do more things than other people do. And yet here this morning, we watch Jesus just go and get in line and he's just getting baptized like everybody else. And, and even though you opened up the heavens and, and you proclaimed your joy and, and your blessing upon him, even though you, you began his ministry at that moment, he just walked away, taken away, by your spirit. Father, may we have, we have that kind of attitude where we don't have to hang around in order to get the pats on the back, where we're not always fishing for the compliments, where we're not always hoping that somebody has, has noticed what we have done. And Father... Help us not be so concerned about how many likes we get on social media and how many followers we are getting and all of these things that the world has told us this is what we're supposed to be like and yet there's Jesus walking away. And Father, we read today how that, how that in order to, to walk away from, from the Jordan, he first had to walk away from heaven. And we can't comprehend that type of humility. We want to use any power that we have. Give us a job, give us a role, make us in charge, and we want to put our stamp on everything that happens. And yet he comes as a servant. Father, that's the attitude that we need. That's what needs to be displayed in our life. We need to stop trying to be the smartest person in the room. Stop trying to have all the right answers. Stop trying to think that we that we know it all. We need to have the mind of Jesus. We need to be people that when there's dirty feet, we wash them. And, and when there's clothes to be washed, we wash them too. Sure, we give a meal, but we also give a shoulder and we give our time and we give up our car and we give up our rooms in our house. We, we do whatever needs to be done in the moment. We're going to show kindness and we don't expect anything in return for it. We're just trying to be like Jesus. So Father, we're praying for opportunities.
praying for opportunities, not so that we can put another notch, not so we can get another level on the refrigerator, but Father, we can have another opportunity to give away. Another opportunity to see the other. Another opportunity to choose humility. We ask for another opportunity to find Jesus and to do what he does. It's humbling in his name that we pray this morning. And amen. Church, there's a lot of things that we do there's a lot of things that we do and we try to follow Jesus and we try to look at his examples and we try to, we try to put his teachings into our life. But some of the easiest things are some of the hardest things. And it's just looking at those personality traits, looking at that kindness and looking at that humility and saying, that's what I want to be. If you'd like to talk with someone about anything that we've shared today in this message, we want you to know that, that one of our elders is in our prayer room and that's located back in our lobby. You'll have the opportunity if you'd like to go to speak to someone in private and just say, you know what, I need prayers to have more of Jesus in, in my life. If you'd like to talk with someone about being baptized into Christ, we'd love to have that conversation with you and you'd have that opportunity. We want you to know the opportunity is also available. We're going to be singing together here. And if you'd just like to come before this family and say, you know what, church, I would really like for everyone here to be praying for me because of something that I'm going through. If you'd like to let that be known, we'll have some of our elders up here as well. We would love to have that opportunity to be able to take your care and your concern to our Father. Friends, let's go and let's discover again Jesus living in us so that others can see that as well. And Jesus can live through them. Let's stand and give him praise.